no better man to start the show than the legend, the voice of the Raiders, Brent Musburger. Brent, I know you had a great Thanksgiving on the road in Dallas. How have you been since? Ah, uh, been great, uh, JT. Nice, nice talking to you and Eric. Did a great, great job on uh, Thanksgiving Day, getting everybody fired up, and it, and indeed it was one that uh, I think the victory actually saved the Raiders' season. I was so happy for for Derek Carr. He made one big play after another. Even that scramble for 22 yards brought me out of my seat, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And, Brent, a lot of the, you know, you revolutionized the studio show. A lot of the guys in the studio back at CBS and NFL Network, they didn't give the Raiders a chance. They checked every cowboy box. And I got to give Rich Passaccia and the coaches credit. They coached that game. It was sloppy with a lot of penalties both sides, but the Raiders executed an overtime perfectly to win the game. Yeah, they forced a three and out. I mean, that was very, very big. You know, a lot is made of numbers, JT. I'm a possession guy. I go and look very carefully after a game at the possessions and what's the end game. And if you go look at that, uh, the defense overall wasn't that bad. They got the ball back from the Cowboys a lot during that game, and, of course, they found the corner the left corner, and they were able to pick on him relentlessly. The one thing about the NFL, when they spot a weakness upstairs in the box, they keep going at it. And so it was a great job of scouting that Cowboys secondary during the game because of all the pass interference calls. But I do, I do want to follow up on what you were saying about Washington. And I want to alert everybody that this Washington football team is better than people think they are, okay? Uh, Coach, Coach Rivera, after the four-game losing streak, they went into the bye, and he changed things around. He went back to Rivera football, and they had the ball for over 40 minutes against Seattle on Monday night. They kept Russell Wilson off the field. They will attempt to do that to the Raiders again. So our linebackers and Abram and the fellows on the corner better get ready because the the Washington football team is coming to run the football. Now, they do have, because they played on Monday, they are at a disadvantage, and I was just checking their injury list. I wanted to see who was missing from practice today. Their outstanding safety, Landon Collins, mm-hmm. JT, did not go, nor did backup running back J.D. McKissick, and he has been listed as questionable. So for those who like to make a little wager here in Las Vegas on your favorite Raider team, keep an eye on those injuries. You know what I mean, my man? I got you, my man. Brent Musburger joins us. Uh, Brent, I want to jump into a bunch of topics. First, let's get this one out of the way about the Raiders and what you've seen this year with your great career, what happened with the John Gruden resignation and the Henry Ruggs fatality car accident that took the life of Tina Tintor. I don't think maybe you can answer this. I don't know of a football team in season that has remotely gone through anything like this in the history, 100-plus history of the NFL. How have you digested all this emotion on and off the field as you're covering this team? Uh, I totally agree with you. I don't think any team ha- has gone through this. Obviously, John Gruden is a, is a very dear friend of mine, and, and I spoke to him uh, the day after he stepped down. I, I had a nice talk with him on the telephone, and, of course, the team responded with a couple of wins, but then after the tragedy involving rugs, it kind of took their breath away, and it was so much. I, I don't think people realize uh, how emotionally draining things like that can be. Uh, and Derek Carr, Derek Carr had started to thrive under Coach Gruden, so I really thought that he missed him, and then his best deep threat is suddenly 
gone for the season. You have to remake so many things. Now, the youngsters and the coaches, and God bless Rich Bisacci, he's such a great guy, pull for him all the time. Uh, they said the right things, but I knew they were hurting. They had to be deep down, as so many people were uh, throughout this period. But they sort of stayed the course. And, and like I say, as far as I'm concerned, the Thanksgiving Day victory saved their season. Now, that doesn't mean I think they're automatically going to go to the playoffs. It's a tough stretch. It's a tough finishing stretch. And almost everybody in the AFC is a playoff contender. Uh, I think they've set a record for how many teams are 500 or over right now uh, coming into week, week 13. But it was, it was very draining even for me. Uh, I was a huge, huge Ruggs fan on the field. Uh, I remember his, his great game-winning catch against the Jets. Uh, I remember uh, how he went up and he high-pointed Howard of Miami, took the ball away. Things like that, JT, it was hard on me. I, and, and even now, I miss him uh, dearly not being out there. And the other day, uh, one of the games, it wasn't a Dallas game, I think it was a previous game, I think there were 13 penalties uh, against the Raiders and like none against the Bengals until the fourth quarter. I can only say to myself, that would never have happened under Gruden because Gruden, he would have buried the side judge in front of him. If you know what I mean. Okay. So, so it was, a, it's something I miss dearly. I'm pulling for the guys going forward. I thought Deshaun Jackson, by the way, turned in maybe the biggest play of the year when he came down the sideline on that 56 yard touchdown uh, on the Raiders first series against the Cowboys. I thought that was, I thought that was that uplifting moment when Derek Carr and the offense said, wait a minute, this guy's still got some juice. Uh, Maybe we can get some mileage out of him. So it's, but but they've asked the Raiders to do a lot. Uh, I think ownership has handled this extremely well going forward. Uh, you would think that Mark Davis obviously is thinking about next year, but he says he's not. He's focused on this year, and that that is what he should say, and that is what he should stand behind and back Basachi and the, and the rest of the coaches. Brent Musburger joins us. And, Brent, should we make anything out of the 650,000 emails from the Washington football team that had a deep effect on Mark Davis's team with the Gruden resignation and what's happened? And John Gruden, and no one defends the emails and the contents of the emails, but the effect that it had on an organization in Vegas when it was all about the Washington football team and an investigation where everybody would like the league to be a little bit more transparent. I mean, we don't have anything to look at. Uh, there was a couple of congresswomen who that want to talk to Roger Goodell, maybe have him up on Capitol Hill. This is a major storyline, and John Gruden suing the league. Yeah, and I certainly understand uh, Gruden's feeling, and I understand Mark Davis's feeling about this, too. That, uh, However, I, I do want to point out one thing that, that – Gets, makes this story kind of messy. And first of all, mm-hmm. as I told Coach, whoever took you out, John, that was a paid assassin, okay? That, that was one of the best hit jobs that I've been a, ever been around, okay? They, did, they didn't go to their media goombas. They didn't leak this to Adam Schefter uh, or one of those guys who breaks stories. They first went to the Wall Street Journal. And when Gruden was still coaching after that, then they dumped the rest of it on the New York Times. That was a professional hit job, but I want to tell everybody that I'm not completely sure it was somebody in the NFL. There was a second lawsuit involved, okay, uh, between the owner, Snyder of Washington, and a former general manager. And that means that a lot of outside people 
had access to those emails that they were going through. So I think the hardest part for Gruden's lawyers to prove is that somebody from the National Football League actually leaked that. Because if it is somebody from the NFL, shame on them, okay? Mm -hmm. Because Mark Davis should have been told in the summer when he had something to do about it. Now, my ultimate second guess, and believe me, this came from James Lofton in in a conversation we had when he was in town broadcasting the game, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, But I wish, if, if we look at Ezekiel Elliott, he was suspended for six games, okay, uh, for sexual transgressions. I wish that Coach Gruden had been suspended uh, for four, five, or six games. to talk. But again, I want to be perfectly clear about this. This is the ultimate second guess by me. I didn't think of it at the time. Um, I, I didn't think that John's career should be ruined by his stupidity. Uh, it had been so long ago. Uh, I just don't think we, we need to out people for that. Uh, but so be it. You know, uh, the Raiders have to pick up and go forward, and and we will see what happens. Brent Mossberger joins us. So, Brent, let's move on to a couple other storylines. How's it been for you personally now to be broadcasting, you know, on the road again? You have so many friends. And I'm talking about not only broadcasters and coaches, but guys who are handling the cameras, people you worked at with throughout your career, what has it been like getting back on the road with your son Scott, Lincoln Kennedy? Because compared to what was happening at Allegiant Stadium at the beginning of COVID, how much have you enjoyed getting out on the road again? Uh, you know, I, I've loved every minute of it. Uh, obviously, working with Lincoln Kennedy has been a treat. Uh, he's such a great guy to, to be around. And, and when you go in and out in stadiums, I just get in behind him a couple of steps and let him <laughs> clear the way. Okay. So, and Scott, of course, is a good traveling buddy and like that. And got to see so many people from CBS work with Jim Nance. So many of those uh, cameramen were actually there at CBS back in the days of the uh, NFL today. I guess my favorite moment is we were Lincoln and I and Scott were waiting for the elevator after the Cowboy game and, and the fellow who was managing traffic there standing up and he came back and he said, Oh, he said, uh, you know, I remember you from, oh, back with Phyllis George and Jimmy the Greek and Irv Crossfit. I guess I can forgive you for wearing that Raider cap today. You know, so it was was kind of cute. He was so nice. And uh, overall, uh, the people have been great. I love the fans. I love to be around them. Uh, I love their input. That's that's the reason why this is a big business is because of of the fans, not because of us. Uh, It's the people who call JT. It's the people who watch on Thursday. I mean, that was an enormous an enormous audience. I've had people tell me it wasn't yeah. the best football game I ever saw, but it was one of the most entertaining. And I think that's great. That's what the NFL stands for is great entertainment. Brett Musburger joins us from your decades in college football. When you see Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame to go to LSU and then Lincoln Riley, as we talked, I have a son who's a junior at Oklahoma and I watched Lincoln Riley coach at Oklahoma this year and I go, wait, wait, Brent, the timeline doesn't match. He's coaching Bedlam. He's getting out coached by Gundy. He says it's midnight. He's, he's traveling back. And then the next day, he's the USC head coach. And Kelly's texting his team after he leaves them. He's already down in Baton Rouge to come back for a meeting. How has this topic evolved in your career with coaches leaving players? And now players get a chance to get in the portal and make decisions on their own, too, to leave. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it has changed a lot since I was around it uh, every day, JT. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I have to tell you. I'm not completely surprised by Lincoln Riley, okay? I had heard gossip 
that he was unhappy with Oklahoma and Texas moving uh, to the SEC. And the reason why is recruiting, because that swings that door wide open uh, for the Alabamas of the world to barge into Texas, where Oklahoma uh, made its living uh, throughout the years, because uh, you can now tell a youngster, hey, you're going to get to see your son play, because we're going to be playing over here, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma. They're now in the SEC. So I wasn't completely surprised. And Southern California is another of those recruiting hotbeds. And that system that Lincoln made work so well down at uh, Norman, Oklahoma, uh, it could work wonders in Southern California. USC can, can become a power elite within a couple of years under his leadership. Having said that, when I heard, and I heard it on television, that Brian Kelly was leaving, I almost fell off my couch. Uh, I, I was totally, totally shocked. I knew him very well mm-hmm. back in his Cincinnati days. NBC has the home contract with Notre Dame, so I wasn't around him as much over there. But Notre Dame was his dream job. Now, he's an Irish politician. Uh, he's a son of Irish politicians in the Boston area. And no one works a room. Well, Bill Clinton did, but no one works a room any better than Brian Kelly. A lot of Catholics down in Louisiana, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He, he will do well. But it shocked me completely that, that he would leave the Fighting Irish. And he's got his hands full because, oh, by the way, you've got to play a dude by the name of Nick Saban <laughs> every year when you go to LSU. You know what I mean, J.D.? I know what you mean. <laughs> Wrapping it up with Brent Musburger. Brent, finally, when you got into the space of sports gaming with VEASAN and now the association with DraftKings and Circa and how big it exploded and your vision with a lot of other businessmen businessmen including family. Did you ever think this platform would explode so quickly now with legalization, the handle in New Jersey, the handle in Nevada, and as you know as a businessman, how the handle's going to increase all over the United States. And what do you see next, Rand? I think a lot of our listeners would like to know, what do you think is the next evolution of sports gaming, media, streaming, and how you see it going forward? Yeah, let me start with that one. Uh, the, ne- the next evolution will be something I have seen uh, in Europe and in Australia. And I didn't actually see it in stadiums, but I was in Asia enough to believe that they've got it, and that's kiosks inside the stadium. And I believe that Wrigley Field is going to open the first one in the United States that has access from the stadium itself to be able to bet during a game or before if you're going into a stadium. Because it has exploded so quickly, and I guess, I guess JT, I'm a little surprised at how quickly it exploded. I knew it was going to be big, believe me. I, I knew that because I knew how many illegal dollars were being wagered offshore Mm -hmm. and that's money that could have been taxed by the states and i knew how many people enjoyed coming to nevada and betting legally and then hanging out especially at watch parties for march madness and on sunday during the during the nfl season but the evolution will eventually take us to in-game wagering at the arenas okay that in Europe and uh, down in Australia and over in Asia, in-game is much bigger than what we call pre-flop uh, wagering on the games. And I can see here in the United States it's starting to grow because of the apps on the telephone. People can sit in their living room, enjoy a game, and, and make a wager as unfolding during timeouts. Of course, they'll, they'll give you an updated line and an updated over-under number. Uh, I've always been a recreational better. I 
I would not be able to make a living. And I warn everybody, you be really, really careful. These guys who make these numbers and they've got computers and they know what they're doing, believe me. So, but if you want to have fun with it, I've always been in favor of it. I think it adds to the enjoyment of the game. I think it helped fuel the, uh, the National Football League. And man, has it ever exploded. You put your finger on it, Jay-Z. Yeah, it's incredible what's happening here. Brent, again, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. The Raiders had a win. There are a lot of games left. It's an honor of mine to come on the broadcast before and after you, sit behind you in the fourth quarter in the booth at home, and still on this journey together, let's have a big push to the postseason, and I really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, thanks a lot, JT. Love your work, my man. I'll listen to you on Sunday. Go into the game, and I'll see you at the stadium. You Take care, it. my man. Thank you, sir. There he is, Brent Musburger. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that. Deep dive with the Godfather on everything broadcasting. You know, the guy, the guy brings an A game to life. To life. As a broadcaster, you know, broadcasters often are critiqued. Joe Buck, Brent Musburger, Troy Aikman. What do you think of Collinsworth, Al Michaels? That is a Mount Rushmore all-time broadcaster. And the Raiders are fortunate enough to have him at this stage with Vegas and what he brings to the table and what he's done for me. Just incredible. To have a pint with him in London or to talk to him on the radio, it's a true honor. A man in his 80s who has his fastball can talk, can talk about gaming the business side of it, and what he's done financially in a short-term window, wow. I mean, this guy's special and part of the family here. And I'm just honored to know him. And, again, I think about it, my earliest memories. What are my earliest memories? I don't know. Do you remember your earliest memories? My earliest memories are my dad throwing a baseball to me or taking me to Yankee Stadium. But I know in my earliest memory banks, it's Brent Musburger, Earl, uh, Herb Cross, Philip George, and Jimmy the Greek on that desk for CBS. Or it was Brent Musburger in the locker room with Al Davis at a trophy presentation with the Lombardi. It was something huge. And then all the years that he called college football on ESPN, I'm sitting at home with a beer going, oh, my God, that's Brent Musburger calling a touchdown in a huge game. And now he's ours here in Vegas, and he's available. And I love the fact that we just had him on.